The second week of January was so fierce and cold that hoarfrost edged the bare twigs of the trees lining the lanes and even the deepest puddles iced over. Beth, Merrill and I, waiting endlessly with others on the turnpike road which ran from Richmond to London, pretended we were dragons to pass the time, huffing out our breath in great clouds of vapour. We were waiting for Her Royal Majesty Queen Elizabeth and her court, who were leaving Richmond Palace that day for the Palace of Whitehall in London. They were moving to give Her Grace a change of scene, and also to ensure that Richmond Palace was aired and freshened after being occupied by hundreds of people for nigh on three months. On the roadway with us were scores of loyal neighbours and citizens, all of us mighty sorry to see her go. This wasn't just because the royal court brought prosperity and vitality to the area, but also because we loved having our beloved queen living in close proximity to us, knowing that at any moment she might be seen riding with a pack of hounds into the great park, or glimpsed gliding downstream on the royal barge. We were privileged indeed to live, for at least some of each year, so close to the lady we all loved and revered. Merrill sighed, tiring quickly of the dragon game. Will she be much longer, Lucy? I'm so cold. Any minute now, I said. I cross my fingers against the devil catching me out in a lie. I'm sure I hear the wagons rolling. I tucked Merrill's shawl more snugly around her and told both children to march up and down like the Queen's soldiers in order to warm their toes. They sighed again, but were obedient girls, and so, stamping furiously, they began marching along, cresting ridges of mud which had been hard frozen into icy peaks and breaking them into powdery lumps. How can she take this long to get ready when she has at least forty maidservants to help her? Merrill asked as she stamped. About one maidservant for each garment, Beth said. And have you thought that when she does come, she'll go by us in a moment wrapped in so many furs that we may not even see who's in the centre of them? I'm sure she will not, I said, for her grace likes to be seen and admired by us. And even if she is too muffled in her ermines and her bearskins, there will be many other grand ladies and gentlemen of the court to set our eyes upon. As I spoke, I looked down the road once more for any sign of the cavalcade. I spoke of other grand folk, but really I was thinking of one person in particular. Thomas who was the Queen's fool and would be travelling with Her Grace's trusty band of jesters, clowns and jugglers. Thomas was my special friend. Friend, I thought firmly, and not sweetheart, for I mustn't let the one kiss there have been between us permit me to think there was any understanding. At least, not yet. In time, though, I dreamed there might be, for I was sure that he liked and admired me, We've seen all the gentlemen and ladies of the court before, though, said Beth plaintively. And anyway, the Queen often comes to call on us, and when she does, we have her all to ourselves. Hush!